four. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. That's when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. But That's why they have fairways, right? So you can hit it straight down the middle. And it appears that Scotty Scheffler did a pretty good job of doing that today. Shot a 64. He leads at the Waste Management Phoenix Open at 10 under par. Two shots ahead of John Rahm as they continue to play the second round. And Phoenix, Adam Hadwin is at minus eight as well, tied for second with Rom. Then you have Wyndham Clark at minus seven and Sung J M at minus seven. Those two tied for fourth with Jason Day just a stroke back at minus six. It's going to be a wild, wild weekend in Phoenix, if you can imagine, with the Super Bowl in town and also the PGA Tour events. And that's the lead-in to another round of birdies, bogeys, and biceps all across South Carolina. We'll get to Robbie Thames in just a couple of moments, but we say hello to George Bryan III on the phone lines. And uh, George, is it a good idea for the PGA Tour to try and always maybe have a tournament the weekend of the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Plenty of room for golf and football. In fact, uh, I love football because it gives me the opportunity to play more golf. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh hey hey i'm glad uh phil gets to enjoy Chi-Town and it's gonna be fun mixing it up chris we got to get patrick we got to pull him into this group and hey let's go ahead and welcome tsunami robbie let's get him on the tee while on super bowl weekend good evening tsunami robbie good evening everybody good to be with you and yes super bowl weekend and in the same town well, the same area uh, anyway. The uh, the uh, Phoenix Open is always exciting. Hole number sixteen, of course, has grown into a uh, uh, you know it's got a life of its own. Uh, the way it uh, the way it has that stadium around the hole, and uh, the golf has been pretty good there today. The winds were down and the scores have been low, and and it's been exciting watching those guys play. So, Robbie, I was asking yeah. George about this. What is your takeaway? Should the PGA Tour, I realize some of the northern cities when the Super Bowl is there, it's probably not the best to play golf in February. But when you have a situation like this where you're in the locale out in the desert where the weather is going to be perfect for both games, would it make a, a lot of sense that the PGA Tour could try and follow the NFL around to the Super Bowl sites? I think it's a great idea for them and super marketing, I would think, for them. Yeah, you know, they and they the super or the NFL really tries to make it accommodating for the fans not to go to a you know a snowed in area or a place that could have some inclement weather that's tough to get around in uh, for the Super Bowl, even though they do from time to time. But uh, Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, um, Phoenix, uh, uh, you know, obviously. So these are great locations, great venues. Lots of fans can show up. They can double dip on the sports excitement. And uh, it's great for the television viewer too. I'm gonna I'm gonna really enjoy Sunday watching the close out of this tournament, and also leading in right into to the uh, Super Bowl right after it. It's gonna be great. George Bryan the third with us tonight, as is Tsunami Robbie. It's another installment of Birdies, Bogies, and Biceps all around South Carolina. So, uh, George, how's your week been? What has uh, struck your fancy with regards to golf here in South Carolina this week? Well, I tell you what, I was uh, waiting for 
uh, I, I got a little feedback going on. I couldn't hear you all, and I actually uh, picked you back up. But my week's been fast and furious. This is boys' high school golf season. And just picked up just a few minutes ago, I learned one of my students, good friends, is going to be coaching the White Knoll high, high School golf team. So boys' golf season is in the spring. Girls' golf season is in the fall. Kyle Kimry would be the coach this year at White Knoll, and he was asking me some early season questions. And while I know we got football, we got a football game tomorrow, I like talking about winter golf just a little bit. Winter golf's always time of year where everybody complains about scores and and uh, how tough the conditions are. And Kyle was actually asking me about ideas he could spend some time improving the their golf team scores and the first thing i'd say that we could think about in the winter is make sure our body's nice and warm and ready to go before we take mm-hmm. that first swing in a golf ball what do you say about warming the body up and this this segment sponsored by tsunami bar sports we got a lot of unbelievable cool things going on at tsunami bar sports we got a chipping a chip and putt coming up short game course right there at 720 chris drive we'll be able to tie in some some short game fun, fitness, and Tsunami Robbie, talk a little bit about what we can do in warm-up before we play. Yeah, you know, we're fortunate here in South Carolina that uh, the warm-up doesn't have to be quite as intense as it might be in some of the the colder areas. Uh, Our winters here are pretty mild for the most part. Uh, You know, if you're playing in the 40s, that's usually a pretty cold day. And uh, but you can get out there and warm up and get this just like pulling a piece of meat out of the freezer. And, uh, you know, it's stiff, it's rigid, it does, it's not very flexible. Uh, <laughs> but you put it in the microwave, you put it in the microwave for about 35, 40 seconds and heat it up a little bit. And you can twist it, tie it up into a little pretzel knot. You can do all kinds hey, of Chris, stuff. With Chris, what do you think about that analogy? You got, you got to enjoy that one. Way to go! I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. As a matter of fact, I took some uh, meat out of the freezer earlier today, so I know exactly what Rob is chatting about. But Rob, how does this tsunami, tsunami bar? If someone has that in their bag to go warm up, how, what would you suggest they do when they step on the driving range? In and, and today would probably be a bad example with it being in the seventies around the state. But on a forty degree day, what would you suggest about their warm up with the tsunami bar? Yeah, you know, you can make it as complicated and 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 time consuming if you got a long wait, or as quick and uh, and easy as as you really want. The imagination is is the is the limit factor there. You can you can do anything from just simply shaking the bar around a little bit, getting getting a little bit of a push pull, and different planes. So you get it out in front of you, you can get it to overhead, you can get it out to your side. So you got a frontal, sagittal, transverse plane. You can do rotational movements with it. Uh, you can flex at the knees and the hips and maybe get into a lunge stance to engage the glutes and the hamstrings and the quads and get those going while you're moving the bar around. And so you can get really warmed up from head to toe, and it's going to help with your sequencing of how your body is going to be balanced when you take that first swing. I've seen a number of guys over the years take that first swing, get out over their toes, and and, you know, just about to, you know, do a face plant right there on the tee box. Um, so they have to save themselves with a step or two. But uh, the, the tsunami bar or the bolting stick especially will help. If you get out there and do a little bit of a movement pattern, it's going to help that balance. Uh, so when you get on that first tee and take that 
you know, one rep maximum effort swing, you're ready to go. George, you brought up an interesting uh, point. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask you a question about high school golf because you talked about the uh, girls play during the fall and the boys play during the uh, spring. My guess is that's twofold. Obviously, uh, the bigger reason I would think is because you could have one coach coaching both teams. But is there an advantage if you were a golf coach? Would you rather play in the fall or would you rather play in the spring at the high school level? Absolutely the fall. That's one of the things that Mm-hmm. The the high school golf association hadn't called me up to ask me my opinion about it, but I can tell you if uh, if I had a suggestion that would make not just the golf better, but also it would be way more accommodating for the golf courses if they had both golf seasons in the fall. Golf courses are in better condition. You got way more availability in the spring. It's really complicated. In fact, I was talking to one parent of one of the schools here locally that were denied access i hadn't heard that i hadn't heard a denied access in over 30 years uh since we've had the uh literally that goes back to the mid 80s where there's been a access denied uh and it was one school not going to mention who it was maybe they've ironed it out but so they're just the spring is the busiest time of the year for the golf courses april April and and now we have a uh, high school and most of the golf courses are accommodating and actually have the, the schools out for if not free incredibly low rates and so I'm an advocate to get get this season switched around and I know there are coaches out there in fact we're going to have Robert Dargan the state champions uh 4A state champion last year and He'll be heavily favored to repeat, and he's going to have one of the best golf, golf teams. Had one of the best golf teams in the history of high school golf last year, and will be on the show next week. I'm sure he'll he'll take a side one way or another. Uh, I would lobby for it to be in the fall for the reasons I just mentioned, and mm-hmm. and then you can, you have a lot more uh, uh, course availability. Uh, the golf golf courses are in just impeccable shape in October and November, so. Although we'll have some fun in the spring, there's no question it's awesome time of the year. It's just very crowded this time of the year. So there's my. I'm sorry for the long-winded answer. You can tell I got some enthusiasm for it. Oh yeah. So no, I love it. And and my follow-up to that is is the concern, especially along say the Grand Strand down towards Charleston and the Low Country, is part of the problem. We have so many snowbirds that come down here. You know, February and March and April when it's the bad weather up in the north, they want to come down and play golf. Is that maybe part of the reason the high school teams can't get on some of their golf courses? Right, and that uh, again, that's exactly right. And uh, however, what it does is is you know, there are plenty of fields and schoolyards and playgrounds available that, that the the coaches can get out and hit some golf balls. And I kind of like the idea of finding a vacant field and picking up your own golf balls. I'm an advocate of go get what you hit, and you'll learn to hit it better, straighter, and a lot less often, <laughs> especially, especially <laughs> if you're hitting your own balls. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, they're, uh, I actually – was this week out at the golf course fielding several complaints about players on the golf course. So I'm an I'm a huge supporter of junior golf and the way I look at it is get these children out there, get them interested in the game now and they support the clubs later. And yeah, hey, 
the more the merrier. Let's everybody let's have some more fun. The more the merrier. So there's plenty of room. Most of the golf courses, we only have three or four players in a group taking up on one hole at a time. The fellas in ten acres of land, it seems to me like there can get more than four players out there. So I think we ought to be playing bigger groups and more people per hole anyway. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> more later on that. <laughs> So, guys, this afternoon, switching things up a little bit to the professional ranks, 82-time PGA Tour winner Tiger Woods has committed to next week's Genesis Invitational. I believe that's actually a tournament he helps host, so that may be part reason. But Thursday's first round will be Woods' first round in a non-major on the PGA Tour since the final round of the 2020 Zozo Championship back on October 25th, 2020. That's 844 days ago. Now, yes, he has certainly played in some majors, but this will be his first non-major, just regular PGA Tour event. Uh, since he has made that announcement, the Genesis Invitational has since announced the commitments of 23 of the top 25 players in the official World Golf Ranking, the top all top 30 players in the FedEx Cup Rankings, all 12 players that have won on tour this season. So I may already be answering my own question here, but the question I have for you guys is, the return to Tiger Woods, is this a major deal, minor deal, or no deal to the PGA Tour in y'all's eyes? <laughs> Go ahead, Robbie. <laughs> well, I'll definitely take it. The, uh, you know, I think any time Tiger Woods shows up, it's, uh, it's a major deal. He's um, <clears throat> arguably the best player that's ever played the game. You know, there's a lot of other players that you can throw out there. I can name several of them that I would put right there in that same conversation, but he's in that argument. And uh, or debate, and um, and to have him show up after all he's been through to try to continue his playing days, uh, and you know as his career is in that twilight area, uh, when he shows up to a tournament to play, the crowds are going to be there, the television coverage is going to be there, the media is usually going to be very positive about it, and the, the best players show up to play. So it's going to be exciting. I'm going to be watching it, and I know a whole lot of other people will. And uh, everybody's not a Tiger fan, but uh, but I'm I'm one of them. I like to watch him play, and and can't wait till he tees it up next week and, and see how it shakes out. Robbie, you can put me in that category of not a Tiger fan, but that's not the reason I'm going to ask this question. Does how much longer will his luster last if he's not competitive? I mean, Tom Brady throughout his career, he was still winning championships even into the twilight of his career. If Tiger's not competitive, and I'm not saying he won't be next week, but how much longer do you think he? he sort of lives off his extended honeymoon versus he's still got to be competitive. He's got to make cuts and fans will continue to come out and support him. Or will there be a situation in your mind where the fans start to fall away from Tiger because he's not making cuts. He's finishing, you know, 60 or 70th in the, in the event. Yeah, that's, that's a, you know, that fine line that professional athletes walk. They still have that competitive flow in their mind. They, their, their mind tells them they can play, and they can play at a high level, and then when they get out there, the body just doesn't match exactly what the mind is telling it to do. Uh, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, all, all these guys, uh, you know, played late until they're, you know, they went to the Champions Tour. I don't know that Tiger will do that. Uh, he's going to stay out there on the regular tour as long as he can, and um, and he's going to he's going to be faced with that. Uh, am I going to continue to play and not meet up to my standard, or am I going to dip out? And I think Tiger will will opt for the dipping out when when the he's not meeting up to the, the standard that he has set for himself. I don't think he'll play much longer than that. 
George, if that's the case, and I agree with Robbie, who takes his space or who fills in his huge shoes in that long shadow? I mean, John Rahm is as good a golfer as you'll ever see. I'm not sure, though, he moves the needle anywhere close to the way Tiger does. So when the PGA Tour does ultimately lose him to age, retirement, whatever the case may be, how do they replace him? I, I get it; they've got a lot of young players, but Tiger just seems like he's in a different stratosphere from everybody else on tour. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think that uh, so I remember vividly an era that where Nicholas he wins in '86. There was some gap space between in the late '80s to the early '90s before Tiger Woods came along. Greg Norman occupied a lot of that space. Nick Faldo, uh, B.J. Singh jumped in there. Ernie Els, and I think it, at least in my opinion, there could be a little bit of a combination of players that actually could elevate the game even to a greater place and you never can tell about somebody like tiger the way he'll handle it not if you go back and look at all the other greats and and incidentally by the record book uh tiger woods is not the greatest player in the history of the game i mean i i think he would probably get the vote from the current players that he's the best player to ever live but you know the record book is the only factual document that's out there that really is is i mean it's it's king it's the law he's not the greatest player to ever live but you know we can go on and on about that jack nicholas has won more majors but nicholas did not move the dial like tiger woods and nobody in the history of the game has Mm -hmm. arnold palmer arnold palmer did something very special in that he brought the game to america and got it got it to the uh you know the citizens of the country and popularized it so they called him the king and and tiger uh occupies uh, an elevated space even above that and but i think there'll be a group of people that fill the void and i think tiger there's a good chance he'll keep playing and the reason is he's still got more game than most people mm-hmm. think and i believe he could still win on the pga tour there's absolutely no doubt in my mind based on what i've seen and will he win? I don't know. Can he do it for three three or four days? Probably not likely uh, in this first event out. But if he puts his mind to it, there's no question he can still win on the PGA Tour. George, you've always been a huge advocate, as you talked about earlier, with regards to junior golf, whether it's high school or at the collegiate level. And the U.S. Open announced, uh, I guess it was yesterday, that they are going to add the NCAA champion along with the Latin America amateur champions to the list of exempt players. How big a deal is that for college golf now to have a pathway without having to qualify, but having a pathway to get into the U.S. Open? I'm just going to get a little loose with my opinion here, but how in the world is we, have we taken this long to get to that? Uh, that that's common sense. That should have been done long ago. Uh, <laughs> golf is slow to change and, you know, having some uh, connection to college and a little bit like, you know, maybe some of the others, I I, just, I think it's a great idea. And I think more of the college players, there needs to be a, a different upgraded way to get to the PGA tour, cycle these young players in and out. Then we don't have this, this uh, one person dominating the game as it is. I think, uh, I think we'll have a number of great players if we get these younger players more exposure, I think that's an absolute. The live tour might have been part of how it's going to open up the top. Uh, we got a lot of kids, 21, 22, 23 years old, 
that, you know, get them, give them an opportunity and, and let's see what happens. So, uh, I think that's what this game needs. We don't need like six or eight players or four players. I, I can't tolerate watching TV. You get to watch four players, three players coming down the stretch because the network's got to go watch, you know, got to stay focused on the ones that, that bring the advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather watch 15 or 20 players come in and and we got the technology to do it so you can you can you can feel where my heart is on that and I can keep going until uh another hour or two on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, let's let uh Rob uh, get a plug in here for uh, the uh, Tsunami Bar before we get out of here and tell folks where they can come by and see his facility in the whole 9 yards. Yeah, come on by 720 720- uh, Chris Drive in West Columbia. It's a um, William Strength manufacturing building, and uh, on the left side of the building, as you're facing it, is where the Tsunami Center is. And uh, then, you know, I take care of all the manufacturing and building and design of all the new products, uh, you know, in a room just adjacent to that. And, uh, you know, it's wide open. And as George mentioned earlier, uh, even though it's really not visible to the eye now, just now clearing the ground and getting it prepared. For the nine-hole chip and putt uh, course that uh, George Bryan hasn't come up with the name for it yet, but I can't wait because I know it's going to be something brilliant. But uh, you know, we're, we've got all kinds of plans to possibly lighting it up so it you know it can be played at night. Uh, there's going to be an outdoor workout area, that, so we'll be doing some training sessions outside uh, and um, and work. We'll we'll have a green, uh, a dedicated green with probably two tiers on it uh, with a longer shot. Uh, through a little channel of trees that that uh, might equal to 100, 110 yards maybe. Uh, so we'll we'll have plenty of options out there to have lots of golf instruction, golf fun, and uh, working on that uh, that short game. Um, you know, I I never did that when I was a, when I was a kid coming up in the in the game. I just wanted to go hit a ball far and swing as hard as I could. And uh, <laughs> now I, I really feel like I should have I should have spent at least 80 percent of that time on the short game, chipping and putting. And getting that dialed in because uh, you know I think I'd be a much better player today if I if I'd have done that. So looking forward to that. But come on by 720 Chris Drive, or go to www.tsunamibarsports.com, and uh, you can see the products there as well. Yeah, and you can you can plug in the triple B, and that's birdies, bogeys, and biceps five B triple B five. Go ahead and order yourself a multi stick 47 or a, a TF 60 or the Multi plus 63, and I, I'm not sure if we got our super seniors on the video just yet, but if you if, if not this week, next week, and you'll see a couple of incredible stories outdoors using the product in a in a way that uh, is going to – they in the 70s, in their 70s, they added 15, 10 to 15 to 20 yards, and these guys now over 80 – and hitting it longer than they ever have, playing the best golf of their life. And you can check them out right there on the videos. That's uh, Triple B 5, and you get your 5% off when you go to Tsunami Bar Sports. So, man, hey, for Tsunami Robbie, G3, you guys have a good weekend. Tim, high, but shoot them low. Outstanding stuff, guys. We appreciate it. Birdies, bogeys, and biceps all around the state of South Carolina with George Bryan III and Tsunami Robbie Rob Themes with us here this evening to uh, wrap up what's been an extremely busy weekend. Looking forward to an outstanding weekend 